Welcome to Uncontained, episode 22. I'm your host, Aaron Static Render, and today's guest came by way of referral from a previous guest here on Uncontained, Joss Kabaza, comedian and host of the podcast, Daddy No. Josh was my guest back on episode 14, and if you have a referral of uh, somebody you'd like to hear on the show, or if you are an entertainer yourself and like to be on Uncontained, uh, please just shoot me a message on my Uncontained Facebook page, which you can get at Uncontained Pod. Yeah, so go to Facebook, type in the at sign and Uncontained Pod, and you can uh, refer a guest or possibly become a guest yourself. Today's guest is a comedian from San Antonio, Texas, Alex Kool-Aid Ansel, who is currently on tour with former WWE legend Jake the Snake Roberts as the opening act on the Unspoken Word Tour, which is headed through the Midwest right now. You can check out the dates for that tour at alexansel.com. Check him out on tour, but first check him out right here on Uncontained. How are you doing, Alex? I'm doing fantastic, Aaron. Great, 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 man. Uh, thanks for joining me today. Um, so what did I miss in the intro? You want to fill in any of the gaps for my listeners? Uh, I mean, right now I'm uh, I'm based out of San Antonio, but I'm moving to Las Vegas in September uh, so I can hang out with a WWE Hall of Famer, Jake the Snake, some more, and, uh, you know, tour all over the country. And uh, as soon as I get my passport in order, who knows where we're going to be. So it's crazy how uh, stuff I used to get in trouble for in school – telling jokes and cracking on stuff is going to take me around the world. So uh, hopefully, 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 twisting my fingers. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That gives hope to all the kids in detention all the time, oh, the class clown. Oh, I, I would be the worst guy to have at career day for school because, uh, I mean, the just the baddest kids. and I'd be like, hey, yeah, all the stuff that I used to get in trouble for in school is how I get paid now. So... Because I used to sell a lot of weed, and I still do. Um, so, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> but no, like, uh, you know, just uh, cracking jokes and, uh, you know, making my friends laugh. You know, I just always love doing that. And uh, and it's crazy to think now, like, oh, I can pay my bills mostly on time now. Uh, that's, so. that's impressive for a comic, you know. <laughs> that's how you know you're getting there. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's pretty crazy when you, when you can pay them before they're due. And they're like, oh, look at you. Uh, that's pretty crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm proud of you. Your nickname, uh-huh. Kool-Aid. Where where did that come from? Uh, well, I got the nickname Kool-Aid in middle school. Uh, I was wearing a shirt. Uh, it was a bright red shirt, and it was pretty snug on me. I've, I've always been fat as hell. Uh, I've always been the big kid, the fat kid, whatever you want to call it. Uh, always been big, and so I wore the shirt. It was kind of snug on me. And and I, I kind of said out loud to myself, I was like, God, I, f- I, I feel and look like the damn Kool-Aid man. And I guess like two or three kids near me heard it and they just started calling me Kool-Aid, Kool-Aid, Kool-Aid. And it kind of stuck. And then uh, you know, I kind of embraced it after a while because uh, everybody knew me. I was popular. And I didn't right think, on. you know, I, I didn't because people would ask me, yo, you know, you're going to let people make fun of you. And I was like, no, nah, man, it's just it's I guess the way you take it, you know. It's got the word cool in it, and Kool-Aid to me doesn't have any negative connotations. You know, it's a drink. It brings joy, and it tastes delicious. And uh, and then kind of in high school, you know, that's when I developed the whole, like, uh, or kind of, you know, uh, developed it more of, like, no, they call me Kool-Aid because I make the ladies go, oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Exactly. And then, you know, but now i got a bunch of other jokes I go for, but it really just came from 
being a fat kid and being bullied, you know, being, uh, you know, from, from my appearance and being, but, uh, you know, I just kind of took what others may have, uh, seen as a weakness and I turned it to my strength. You know, now I'm known as Kool-Aid and, and it's pretty cool now that I've been doing stand up for a while and kind of doing my thing. When I get recognized and people call me Alex, to me, that means more. Cause it's like, everybody remembers Kool-Aid, but if you remember Alex and I'm like, Oh, that's really cool. Uh, so I, that, I, so it's almost like a little baby tear comes out and go, bless you, you know? Uh, <laughs> so yeah, but right on. Yeah. that level of recognition, I never really thought about it like that. Like, yeah. instead of just remembering your nickname, yeah. well, knowing your, your government name. Exactly. Or am I, am I up? I call it my slave name, uh, your slave yeah, name so All it's right. given All to right. me by the white man who owns me, my dad. So that's what I, Alex is my slave name. But, you know, I'm talking about getting recognized like at the grocery store or something here locally. And, uh, you know, and that's always cool. And, uh, and you know, it's not that's not what I do it for. But it's like, oh, cool. You know, it's just one of the, the I don't know, side effects or I don't want to say benefits. But, you know, and it's occupational hazards. Yeah, because it sucks when you're trying to go to the grocery store. Now that I'm juicing, I'm in the grocery store almost every other goddamn day buying all these vegetables and stuff to juice and uh you know sometimes i look like a friggin' schlub because i'm just going in there and then you get recognized but you look like shit that sucks that's probably the worst part so now it's like oh let me let me go and and you know wear some you know at least put on jeans not wear sweatpants and uh you know make sure i brush my hair so it doesn't look all so i don't look like a you know crazy single mom from the from the <laughs> from the shitty apartments near the grocery store at, <laughs> and uh, you know, so I gotta, and it's not like oh, I get mobbed and people want to take pictures and shit. But every once in a while, we're like, hey, uh, hey, are you that Kool Aid guy that community? Yeah, and uh, I funny story real quick. Uh, we got a cat recently, and uh, we took uh, the cat we found and the new roommate's cat to to get the discount spay neuter thing, and yeah, okay. I got recognized at the vet's office. And they're like, hey, are, are you Kool-Aid the comedian? And I go, yeah. And so my, my old roommate, he's moved out since. He just he makes mud, fun of me all the time. He goes, yeah, I can't get my fucking cat fixed without this guy getting recognized. And <laughs> I just think it's funny the way he brings that up. Like, can't get a goddamn cat fixed without this guy getting recognized. And I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. So Damn haters. <laughs> no, it keeps me humble, man. I'm... I'm uh, you know, growing up in my family, we always gave each other shit. We always insulted each other. We always, you know, would dig at each other, roast each other, whatever you want to call it. We would do that. And then uh, when I, you know, uh, when I would hang out with my friends and stuff, they're like, Kool-Aid, you're such an asshole. Why are you being a dick? And I'm like, what? This is how I – and then when I started doing stand-up comedy, that that's all it was, is us going back and forth, back and forth. And I was like, oh, my God, this is like home. This is like family. Oh, this is where <laughs> I belong. Yes, it's a stand-up comics have a whole different dynamic to them, yes. you know, than uh, and, just somebody you meet on the street. Uh, and it's crazy because, you know, I get caught up in my own hype sometimes where, you know, I'm just like riffing or, or I'll be out in public saying some ill shit. And I'm like, oh, shit, not everyone knows I'm a stand-up comedian. So I might be saying something. And the person next to me doesn't know that, oh, I'm joking, I'm a comedian. And it's not like I'm, you know, saying crazy stuff, but a lot of times it's great when you make strangers laugh or you make the cashier laugh. I like doing that. Um, but, you know, sometimes, I'll, you know, you got to catch yourself and go, oh, shit, 
you know, like, Ooh, yeah. did I, did I just say that? Uh, here, you know, so it's not appropriate for every occasion, but, uh, uh, you know, but eh, whatever, you know, I'll defend myself. Right on. <laughs> right on. Right on. Are you one of the comedians that are like always on or is it like when you're off stage for the most part, you're kind of like more introverted? It's weird. Uh, I used, I used to, I mean, I used to be one of those always on guys. And uh, just because that's the only thing I knew. Uh, but now, you know, uh, now I'm like, oh, shit, that shit is exhausting. Uh, so sometimes, you know, I, uh, you know, I'll still be on after a show because, you know, you're hanging out. You're you're trying to you know, market, network with people. Uh, you know, you're trying to sell CDs or trying to sell T-shirts. So you still have to be on. Uh, so, you know, I do that. But, you know, there's times when when I get home, I'm just like, all right, I just I don't want to do anything. I just want to maybe smoke something watch some wrestling, chill out, you know, uh, so I've, I've kind of like found that appreciation or, or, um, you know, for those private moments or for the, the moments where I'm away from that. So, okay. All right. You mentioned watching wrestling, the WWE. Have you been a lifelong fan of WWE? Uh, okay. So let's do it this way. And like on the attitude era hit huge fan, right? So probably from like, 97 to like 2000 huge fan watched every monday night raw I'd go to my friend's house we'd watch pay-per-views um you know so that was when i was uh kind of late middle school early high school or mid through high school you know even yeah through probably 2001 uh hardcore fan had t-shirts uh we'd go to live events as a group every once in a while and then i kind of took like a 10-year break you know okay. the whole cena era you know, miss miss that whole like ten year chunk, you know. Um, and then uh, kind of got back into wrestling, probably about three four years ago. My my room, uh, I had another roommate move in, and he'd just been always a lifelong dedicated fan. And he kind of got me back into it. And we and then when the network really started, I was like, oh cool, let's watch this. And he got me into uh, NXT, which is like the developmental, you know, kind of like uh, I don't want to say farm league, but it's NXT is where, where WWE kind of gets their guys their start and develop their characters, and then they bring them to the main okay. roster. And I got really hooked on that. I was like, hey, can we watch the, the night? Well, I got to go to work. And do, do, do. I was like, fine. I just bought my own subscription. Then. I was like, whatever. And uh, But now, like, I'm a, I'm a total mark. Uh, Jake and his manager make fun of me for it all the time and <laughs> of, of being a wrestling fan. And, uh, you know, I got my favorite wrestler, Bo Dallas. Uh, we're, we're Bo Leavers in this house. We even named our cat Bo after Bo Dallas, so. Okay, all right. Yeah. Not, not like Bo Jackson or <laughs> Bo, Bo Diddley or. Yeah. Bo Burnham, no, that's the one I get too. Bo Burnham. Yeah, I'm like, nah, man, no disrespect to Bo Burnham, he's great, but. Uh, I, I was going a little old schooler yeah, yeah. on that, a little more old school, so. I appreciate that, hell yeah, but uh, yeah, you don't know Bo, but uh, yeah, so we went with, uh, you know, Bo Dallas uh, is one of my favorites, and then, um, but yeah, it's crazy, now that I'm thinking of, you know, now I'm like hanging out and working with with a guy that you know i used to watch all the time when i was in uh uh middle school and high school and and you know uh i wasn't like big into wrestling like in his heyday but with jake the snake he's the guy who put over stone cold steve austin without jake the snake stone cold wouldn't have come up with austin 316 and, and which became like the number one selling wwe t-shirt of all time so you definitely have to uh uh, pay respect to that and it's just so crazy that you know uh again going back to that high school middle school days of like 
Look at me. Like I'm, I'm right now, I'm 32 years old. I'm wearing Ninja Turtle t-shirts. Uh, you know, <laughs> I hang out with a pro wrestler. I get to yell obscenities on stage and I get paid for it. Like if I would have told that shit to my 14, 15 year old self, it would have melted his poor fucking brain. He would do for himself. He was like, "What? The future sounds amazing." And then, "Yeah, it's it's great." And then, and then dip out. Um, but uh, but it took a lot of hard work. You know, this shit ain't overnight. And you know, I've been grinding and hustling and, and trying to do these spots and and get these shows and and just put on the best show that I can. And uh, you know, so it, it uh, you know dreams come true, but you gotta fucking put in the work, man. Right on, right on. You said you okay. You're on tour with uh, Jake the Snake. Yes, sir. Yes. And uh, you said it takes a lot of work to get there. How did you get started? What fill us in on a little bit of that background? All right. So I I started around comedy. uh, I was probably like 24, 25. Yeah, I was 23, 24. And basically, I was tired of my friends telling me I should do stand up comedy. They're uh, they're like, dude, you got to do stand up comedy. You are so damn funny doing this i'd been doing retail and you know one of the the things i would use when i would sell stuff is my humor i'd get people to like me and then at that point they don't they're not buying the product they're buying you and so i was very good at retail cracking people up and i like i said i got tired of of telling people of people telling me i should do stand-up so i uh went got my like five minutes ready you know i had all my jokes written down on an index card and i just kind of you know went to my first open mic at uh it used to, uh, it's now the Improv at River Center, but it used to be called the River Center Comedy Club in uh, downtown San Antonio. And I just took that index card and I just read jokes off my index card in front of maybe six, seven people. And okay. most of them were other, you know, were, were comics. I was just, you know, some new kid. And, um, you know, it was, it, was, uh, it was fun. And I was like, okay, I want to do this again. And uh, I think on my first day of doing comedy, I did an open mic downtown san antonio around 5 30 and then i did another open mic in austin at nine o'clock because uh i'd always loved stand-up comedy i was one of those kids that when i came home to do homework my tv was on was on comedy central uh, you know i just always had comedy central on watching stand-up other things on there and uh so i got uh so i knew that oh comedians do more than one show a night i'm gonna do two shows and or two open mics really, just because uh, you know if I'm going to do something, I want to do it like the pros do it, right? And you know both sets they went, eh? You know I didn't, you know I I did that that newbie thing of you record them and then yeah put it on, uh, I think was it on YouTube? No, it was before you. It was before you when YouTube still had the 10 minute time limit. Oh, okay. And thank God I didn't have more than 10 minutes. Holy shit! But uh, I've taken the video down because it's terrible. But. Uh, you know, I did my thing, and it kind of irked me because uh, some of the the people in Austin they they were making fun of me on MySpace, and I'm like, who the fuck makes fun of someone the first time they do something? What kind of bullshit is that? You know what I mean? I don't care if it's tying your shoes, making a souffle, doing jokes. If it's your first time, you're gonna make fun of somebody for doing it. Kind of a piece of shit, and yeah. that shit pissed me off. And it just drove me. I was like, I'm going to keep doing this. Like, I'm going to fuck them. I'm going to prove them wrong. And that was when, uh, I want to say Kanye West, uh, the album came out, the one with the, the purple teddy bear. I want to say, was it late, late registration, graduation? I don't know. But it had a bunch of, like, pump up, like, inspirational songs on there. It had Good Morning, uh, Champion. 
And so I'd listen to that every day and I'm like, fuck yeah, man. Like I've got this. And right just kind of like, I would just keep hitting these open mics, keep doing spots. And for the first two years, I was kind of half-assing it. You know, I'd, sometimes I'd take a month off or take a, a couple weeks off. I was going through some shit, drinking, you know. Uh, but then uh, around summer 2009, my buddy was like, dude, you got to get back out of here, man. You got, you know, you're good, man. You're good. You got to do this. And uh, then I got another call from a promoter. And he's like, yeah, this guy saw your picture. He wants you on the show. I was like, okay. And he goes, he just saw your picture. And he said, this guy's funny. I know it. I don't want him on the show. And this was around April. And I was like, all right, I'll be ready by June, which is when the shows were. And, you know, I got back into fighting shape and, uh, you know, started getting up more, doing more spots. And then uh, in September of 2009, I got my first week as an MC at the comedy club. And, okay. and that's when I felt like, oh, I'm a comedian now because now I'm a professional. I'm working at a comedy club. I always consider myself someone that does comedy. I, cause I, I kind of, I hate that whole, Hey, I did three open mics. I'm going to change my occupation to stand up comic on Facebook. <laughs> like that shit pisses me off. You have no idea, but you know, I'm older and wiser and I don't let it piss me off anymore. But, uh, I was always one of these guys. I'm like, no, nah, comedy something I do. But when I got that first week, I was like, okay, I'm a comic. A uh, couple months after that, in 2010, I did the the local comedy competition that the clubs put on, and uh, it was the first comedy competition I ever did, and I won Funniest in South Texas 2010, and so I, nice. yeah, they gave me a big-ass trophy, $500 check, and that shit came out of nowhere. I had, you know, when they announced third place, I was like, oh, okay, I'm not in the top three. Then they announced second place, and I go, oh, that's weird. And they announced first, and they said, Alex, Kool-Aid Ansel. And my reaction was like, oh, cool, good for him. And I'm like, shit, that's me. And, like, all my boys were jumping on me, other comics, because I was, you know, I was in the, in the top ten or whatever finalists that they had. I was, like, the newest dude in there, you know. So I was I was the underdog story. I thought for sure some of the more seasoned vets would win. And, uh there was all this talk. Oh, is it rigged? Da da da. The club picks the favorite. Whatever, whatever. And uh, but I was like, holy shit! I, and I won that. And uh, and that like that kind of started me on the path of like consistently getting me booked. And 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 then I kept getting booked because I was good. You know, I was I was, I was doing what I was uh, you know doing what I love to do, getting up on stage and telling jokes. And so pretty much since you know March. Uh, March, April of 2010, professional stand-up comic. And then later on that year, I started doing uh, comedy defensive driving as well. So, Yeah, yeah. Tell me a little bit about that. Uh, what what does that all entail? Uh, well, it's a driving safety course, and we do a comedic version of it uh, down here in Texas. So in Texas, and I think in some other states like California, I think they have something similar. Or if you get a, a low-level moving violation, you know, if you get a speeding ticket, you roll through a stop sign, or you hit a kid, you know, something small. Uh, you know, and they give you like you hit a kid or something else small. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Or no, like if you, I mean, if you hit a kid on the street, they deserve it. Uh, if you're yeah. to a daycare, you're just an asshole or you're drunk. Uh, but, uh, you know, so if you get these like low level, you know, uh, moving violations, you can get them dismissed or take them off your record by taking a six hour driving safety course. And the course is six hours. I tell some jokes. There's a video, there's a couple videos, uh, we take a couple breaks, you know, um, 
So I've been doing that for six years now, and I'm proud to announce I'm going to retire from that at the end of this month. And uh, it's been one of those things where uh, it's uh, it's been great, you know, for some of the slow months when I wasn't getting booked or pushing myself to get booked as much. Yeah. And it was, you know, great to, to kind of have that money. And, 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 and it's a flexible job, too, because... You know, let's say okay, I'm 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 scheduled to work all these classes. Oh shit, I just picked up a last minute gig in El Paso. Hey, call my boss. Hey, can we switch? Blah blah blah. I got to go to El Paso, get another instructor to cover for me. You know, so it it lets you work on your comedy. You have to stay clean as far as content. So you have to because you, you don't know who's going to be in class. You know, if if you're going to have 16 year old punk kids that still get driven up by their mommy and daddy because they don't trust them to go by themselves. Or you're going to have a 78-year-old grandma who she has to take it so she can get her driver's license for another two years. So that had to be pretty good practice for working like clean rooms. Absolutely. Well, working like clean. Corporate events or stuff like that, non-blue. Yeah, you know, doing that and just being able being able to develop material that can, that is so relatable that everyone can laugh to it. You know, because if you can take one joke and make that 16-year-old and that 78-year-old laugh, then you're like, okay, cool. That's a good joke. Uh, you know, uh, so yeah. And then, uh, and it, and it's kind of helped me build my fan base too, because probably eight, nine times out of 10, when I get recognized, you know, uh, I go, Hey, cool. And go, Hey, where do I know you from? And they go, Oh, I was in your defensive driving class. <laughs> and the, the, the killer of this is the last four years that I've been teaching or three and a half years that I've been teaching defensive driving. I haven't had a car. So, uh, I uh, isn't that shouldn't that be a requirement for teaching well, I mean, I driving, driving skills? I have a driver's license. I just don't okay, okay. Because uh, uh, I lost my car through some uh, financial stuff with with my old man. He got in trouble with the IRS, and uh, but I didn't let that shit stop me. You know, I was like, you know what? I'll be a driving instructor who takes the bus. Who gives a shit? And <laughs> and I'm one of these people. I firmly believe struggle is great for creativity. And, uh, cause you know, what are you going to do? Sit down and feel sorry for yourself? Or are you going to go out there and develop material or develop a you know product and, and, and put something out, you know, use your creative output. And, and that's the way I look at it. So I don't know, part of me is kind of scared that everything's going pretty good right now. And I'm like, oh, shit, where's that struggle I'm going to draw upon from? Uh Oh, <laughs> that well drying up. And that, and that's some messed up shit. You got to think about as an artist. I'm like, do artists deserve to be happy? Because I think for a lot of artists, especially for me, a lot of my stuff is just, it comes from, from the pain, you know, from being made fun of, for being fat, for being an outsider, from, you know, all these, like, outside things. And now that, like, everything's working out, I'm like, oh, shit, what am I going to talk about now? Oh. Yeah, you see that in music a lot, yeah. too, like, uh, especially, like, with, like, say, rappers or metal bands yeah. and stuff like that. Apple. You can't be pissed off at the world as much as when you have, like, five cars in your garage, a mansion, and, like, a hot wife and two hot girlfriends on the side. Right, yeah. So at, That the wife knows about and can't and doesn't care about. Yeah, because she's, she's too busy looking at the ring on her finger, looking at the rock on there, so... Yes, blinded and, by the glare. Yeah, plus she's banging the pool boy, so she's getting hers. It all goes full circle. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, but uh, well, yeah, what was the question? No, all right. <laughs> <laughs> who who are you? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, I can ask what? that a lot. Who are you? And I go, oh, and it, and and it's great for me, uh, you know, because down here, you know, in Texas, I, 
you know, I've, a lot of the places that I go to now are places I've been to before. So we, I get some, you know, it feels weird, but you know, fans, they come back and see me. Uh, but now that I'm traveling with Jake, I'm almost like the surprise because you know, they, they're there for Jake, obviously. Uh, yeah. and then I go up there and I do my thing and I hit him in the face. I'm high energy. And, and you know, when I say cool, y'all say, Hey, cool. Hey, you know, and I do my thing for 20, 30 minutes and I, you know, I, I set him up, man. I just, I beat up, I beat up the crowd. I get him ready for Jake. And then he goes up there and knocks him down. And one of the, one of the favorite things I always love seeing after shows are the tweets about me after the show of like, holy shit, we knew Jake was going to be great. But uh, we also love Kool-Aid and, and it's always cool to see that bump in like, in followers on Twitter, Instagram, all that social media stuff. Uh, because, uh, you know, it really, it's a, it's a whole show, you know, yeah. cause with, with Jake and I, it's, it's the unspoken word and, you know, Jake does this thing for an hour where he talks about road stories and, and things with Macho Man and, and Andre the Giant, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, Undertaker, all those cats. And so all the locker room stuff, stuff that, you know, <laughs> illegal and legal and all these kind of crazy stories. And then he also gives you some insight about, you know, his struggles with, with alcohol and drug uh, addictions and, and offering help to anybody out there and talking about the documentary that just came out, uh, The Resurrection of Jake the Snake. And so it's, it's a whole show. You know, I get him with the jokes right in the beginning, and then he, he gets them with, with, with the heart and the laughs. And it's just – and it's so weird. Like we're such a dynamic, like a comedy odd couple because, you know, I'm – you know, we're, we talked about it earlier, kind of, I'm, I'm one of these always on guys most of the time. Yeah. And Jake is too, for the most part, hanging out with Jake is like hanging out with a comic because he's constantly insulting you, burning you doing this, but I get him right back. I'm like, I don't give a shit who you are. Uh, you know, like, Oh great. We're on tour together, but I'm going to stand up for myself. And then when we first met, we kind of had that back and forth, back and forth. And then he kind of, he kind of gave me this like nod of approval, like, all right, you know, like you're on the level. <laughs> not like we're equals, but it's like, okay, you'll, I respect you. Yeah, and and that that was like, I was like, okay, good. You know, like, yeah, that's, <laughs> like, like, ah, and then you know that fart came out, but uh, I'm just clenching it in. But um, yeah, it's it's a it's crazy. Because uh, like, how did you get hooked up with uh, Jake the Snake? Uh, it was nuts. Because all right, so. It all started with a Nintendo DS, right? So 10, 13 years ago, I was in this MySpace group for Nintendo DS fans, Nintendo DS enthusiasts. And there was probably like 15, 20 people in that group. I stayed in touch with some of the, the people in that group. And we all kind of, you know, we, we went to a, uh, to a website. And we kind of message board friends and we'd trade tips and, you know, do that kind of stuff. I was kind of like the smart ass on the, the message boards. Go figure, right? <laughs> and, uh, no way yeah right no shit and um so uh years later you know i stayed friends with a lot of them i met a couple of them in real life uh you know through comedy or even before comedy and uh so basically there's a cat named jason and i'm actually gonna go see him next week again that's real cool um he you know uh he knew me before i did comedy at least online right so he pursued independent wrestling where he's from right he wanted to do wrestling so he does independent wrestling uh up there in kansas city up there in missouri and okay. uh he got injured last year i think uh, i think he said he broke his pelvis so Ow. when he was recovering in the hospital he just posted on facebook 
hey man, does anybody have any videos or links they want to share? I'm just really bored in the hospital. And so I messaged him and I posted on his wall. I posted a 30 minute uh, a set of mine that I just recorded in February. And so I posted that set and I want to say an hour or two hours later, he sent me this big long paragraph of like, dude, thank you so much. It was so funny. All the nurses kept checking on me because they, they just heard me laughing so hard. And you're, you know, I go to the comedy club a lot and, and you're so much funnier than those guys. How come you're not on Comedy Central? And, uh, you know, I'm one of these guys. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Thanks, man. You know, thank you for <laughs> appreciate it. And uh, I really didn't think anything of it. But uh, and I was just like, I hope it didn't make you laugh too hard where it hurt. But, you know, laughter heals. I'm glad I could help out. Blah, blah, blah. So, you know, we kind of went back and forth a little bit here and there. So from his, his end, he's hardcore into wrestling. Like I, the way I'm into comedy, he's into wrestling. And he hit up Jake the Snake and said, hey, you should bring your unspoken word tour, you know, your tour where you talk about road stories. You should bring that to Kansas City. And his management went, oh, that's great, but we want to do Texas. And so Jason went, I know a guy in Texas. And so Jason sends me a message, and he's like, hey, what? Uh, I want to book this tour with you and a classic wrestler. He didn't tell me who at the time. And really? uh, he goes, can you give me a list of venues? And I was like, yeah, I could do that. You know, I was kind of like, sure, whatever. A couple days later, I remembered. I was like, okay. So I wrote down all these venues of places I performed and headlined at. And uh, I was like, I think these places would be interested. So I sent him uh, those places. And uh, I told him, I was like, dude, if I can make one request for San Antonio, my hometown, can I can I open on that show, you know? And he goes, no, dude, I want you to open for the whole tour. And I was like, what? And, uh, okay, cool. And, uh, he goes, okay, I can tell you who it is, but don't tell the venues. I was like, all right. And, uh, he goes, it's a uh, Jake, the snake. And I was like, holy shit. That blew me away. Uh, I was like, Jake, the snake, you know, cause the, the only person I kind of been doing this type of show before was Mick Foley, you know, Mick yeah. kind of does his thing. And he came through San Antonio I didn't go see it. I was I was uh, doing another show that night. My buddy got to open for him. I was like, "That's cool." So that's the way we kind of we kind of pitched it. Was oh yeah, it's you know what Mick Foley does. You know, he gets a ton of people to come out and they have a great time. You know, so that's how I kind of sold it to my home club, the River Center. Um, but yeah, he told me he wanted me for the whole tour. And so this is like late summer, September. We're getting all this stuff ready. He goes, "Don't announce anything," but I'm just like holy shit, like breathing hard, like, oh my God, this is going to be cool. And I'm just thinking about, I got to meet him. I get to work with him. Awesome. Yeah. You know? And and maybe in the back of my mind, I was like, maybe I'll learn how to book a tour. Maybe I can do a tour with another wrestler. You know, I was, I'm always looking for plan B, plan C, plan D. Because, you know, in the entertainment industry, you get rejected so much. You, you got to have backups. You know, you can't just have the one thing. Um. So uh, October comes around. One of the venues announces it. So he's like, ah, fuck it. Let's announce the whole thing. And uh, so we announced the whole tour. And the, the whole reason behind it was uh, WrestleMania was in March. And it was going to be in Dallas. And so the tour was going to lead up you know, to do all these shows right before he has to be in Dallas for WrestleMania. Okay. For appearances. So... Um, so we do these shows, and uh, the first night we did a show together was in McAllen, Texas. It's a border town in deep south Texas. It was at a venue called the Cine El Rey. It's the historic Cine El Rey 
beautiful theater, and I've uh, performed there a couple times before. And the first time I meet Jake, or he sees me at the theater, he goes, uh, <clears throat> he goes, uh, yeah, every every day you wake up is a gift from God, right? Because he saw me. Okay. You know, I'm over 500 pounds at that point. He goes, every day you open your eyes is a gift from God. I was like, Jesus Christ. I'm like, what kind of shit is that? And if, if you're a wrestling fan, you know that Jake is the master of psychology. He wasn't the biggest. He wasn't the strongest, but he damn sure was the smartest. And he was in definitely intimidating. He When he would cut his promos or talk to the audience, he could like see through the camera, and it, that shit would hit you in the soul. So when you get this like, yeah. squinty guy... You know, and he, you know, he's 60 years old, but he's still like 6'4", 6'5", you know, and just like every day you wake up is a gift from God. I'm like, Jesus Christ, how do I take that? Uh, but, you know, it kind of warmed up. To how me. did you take yeah, that? Yeah, right. I just kind of went, <laughs> went okay, <laughs> you know, and, uh, you know, gave him some shit back and forth. And we kind of went back and forth a little bit. And then uh, it wasn't until after he saw me perform that he went you got some good stuff, kid, you know, like that whole thing. And then, uh, so that was the first night. Didn't really get to talk or hang out. He'd been traveling. He was kind of tired and just wanted to get back to the hotel room. Uh, then the next day we did Austin and, uh, his manager daughter came through and, uh, you know, that show went okay and, you know, get to hang out with him some more. And then uh, I think it was like by the third or fourth show when, uh, we were in San Angelo and Jason, the guy who, who was kind of like road managing the tour, um, goes up to me and he goes, hey, man, we put the wrong they put the wrong time in the newspaper for the show. Can you do 40 minutes? And I was like, yeah, I got you. So I went up and I did 40 minutes in front of, I don't know, probably like 150 people in this bar show. And right. uh, yeah, it was it was awesome. And I got a standing ovation. And uh, and I was like, OK, cool, you know. And uh, <laughs> it's going to seem like I'm taking a cheap shot at a lot of comics, but the hardest part about getting a standing ovation is not bragging about it on Facebook. So. <laughs> you bragged about it on MySpace, though, right? <laughs> like, nobody's there to listen, so you can brag all you yeah, want. There you go. I went on Vine. No. <laughs> <laughs> so um, it was after, I think, after that show that him, his manager, they're like, we want to talk to you after the show. And I was like, okay, like, you know, I'm, I'm one of these people that even in, in school, when I heard I had to go to the principal's office, I thought I was in trouble, right? I thought, oh, I guess I didn't get away with it. But then, you know, I was like, oh, I got student of the month? What? Uh, so, <laughs> And especially if they talk to you in that WWE voice, like, we need to talk to you after the show, brother, yeah, yeah. you know, type thing. And, it's like, oh, and, shit, they're going to beat my ass for doing too good. Exactly. In the back of my mind, I was like, you know, I thought he was going to tell me, like, tone it down, you know, fucking, hey, this is my show, blah, blah, blah. But I was like, I don't know. And then I, I talked to his manager, his daughter, and she goes, holy shit. Like, you, you know, she just, you know, was giving me all kinds of compliments. And and so after the show, they invited me to the hotel room. They were breaking it down for me. And they are like, hey, uh, we want you to come visit us out in Vegas. And I'm like, oh, cool. All right. And he's, like, showing me pictures of his house and you know, they got a pool and a hot tub and he's like, yeah, come out, stay in the house, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay. Like, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, and again, at that point I was like, oh, they're just being nice, you know, 
again, it's that entertainment thing. I've been rejected plenty of times, you know, from America's Got Talent or, or, or pilots for reality shows. I was like, okay, cool. I still got all my shows that I'm booking. I still got my stuff that I got, you know, that I rely on. And, um, and then I kind of, I asked his, his daughter, his manager, Cody, I said, so like, why, why do you, why do you guys like me? Cause you know, <laughs> I mean, that's all what we want is comics is validation. Right? And she just went, you crack him up. He never laughs at anything, but when he's on really? stage, he does not stop laughing. And I was like, oh shit. Cause it just hit me. I'm like, yeah, when we hang out, he's, you know, like I'll try. I'm not, I'm not necessarily trying to crack him up, but when I do crack him up, I'm like, okay, cool. But for all, I'll look over when I'm on stage, you know, doing jokes, I'll look over and he's laughing his ass off. And then when I started by, by that, by that night in San Angelo, it was like the third or fourth show. I started incorporating him into my set. And, oh, really? Like how so? Um, well, I do, I do this joke about how, uh, this bit about how, I'm terrible with women and uh, pickup lines. And, you know, I try out these cheesy pickup lines that I wrote. But uh, one of the jokes, is, I say, oh, my buddy, blah, blah, blah. He gave me some advice, but I used Jake the Snake. And I said, yeah, Jake came up to me and he goes, oh, Kool-Aid, um, you want to get freaky with a girl? You got to eat sugar-free Pop Rocks out of her butthole. <laughs> and then I go, sugar-free candy is gross. <laughs> and in San Angelo, like he almost died when he heard it because I incorporated him into it, and like his his daughter was like hitting him on the back, and he was just like coughing up stuff, and and I was like, and in the back of my mind, I was like, holy shit, did I just kill the headliner with that joke? And, now, is that <laughs> actual advice that he gave you? No, no, it's not like, <laughs> like the. That's, it'd be it'd be a lot cooler if it was, yeah, but oh no, he's told me some fucked up shit about stuff he used to do and i'm just like huh? i can only imagine oh, i can only imagine. yeah i uh yeah i'm not going there that's for him to tell so uh <laughs> but um yeah so uh so yeah i did that joke and incorporated it into it and then even like after I, after that first little texas tour we did i would use his voice and i would say oh hey i've been touring jake the snake you know wait for cheers and I go, he gave me some advice, and then I would do his voice. And that joke has just been hitting so much harder when I do his voice because, you know, especially if you know Jake the Snake yeah, uh, and, and you know, like, part of the mystique and everything, you're like, oh, yeah, a dirty old man would say that. Not that I'm calling him that. He, that shit gets <laughs> out. So uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll edit it out. No, no, no whatever. No, I won't. He, no, he, I won't. He's, not, he's not a softy. Um, he'll just make me do more squats. So. Yeah. Is he, is he actually making you work out? Oh, absolutely. So, so anyway, right. So they invited me to stay. We wrap up the tour, had a great time. And, uh, so this is like, uh, early, uh, early April, right? Early April, uh, you know, WrestleMania is over and they're like, Hey, when are you going to come out and visit us? And I was like, Oh shit, you guys are for real. And they're like, yeah, that's why we, we invited you. And I go, Okay, like, don't take this the wrong way, but I'm just used to people telling me shit and then not following through. And they're like, no, come out here, dummy. And I was like, all right, I got to make some arrangements. And uh, so I came out there for, like, the first two weekends of May. And okay. uh, from, I want to say, May 5th to, like, May 15th. May 9th was my birthday. So I was like, hey, I'm going to celebrate my 32nd birthday with you guys. And they're like, we're not making you anything. And I was like, all right. But, you know, they're messing with me. Uh, <laughs> so I... Uh, 
you know, I, I probably haven't been on a plane in 10 years. You know, a lot of the shows I do, uh, you know, I, I either take the bus or do rides. Shit. In 2012, when I when I did the Boston Comedy Festival, I took a bus from San Antonio to Boston 55 hours each way. Yeah, that yeah. couldn't have been fun. Oh, it wasn't. But, you know, so when I hear these new guys going, oh, I got to wait two hours before I go up. Fuck you. All right. I did 55 hours on a bus to do five minutes in Boston and I ate shit and I had to wait another five days until I could go back. So and that is your uphill to school both ways exactly. in the middle of January in the snow. <laughs> Breaking my day. Yeah, exactly. So I'm like, I don't want to hear it, young blood. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so I, I fly into Vegas, uh, you know, get invited to their house. And uh, day one, you know, they uh, got my ass up early and they had me juicing. And so uh, they just had me doing, uh, you know, juice right when you wake up. Uh you know, I, my body wasn't used to exercise. So we did a couple like light stretches and we did some like, uh, uh, some of the early like DDP yoga stuff. Uh, two hours after the first juice, you have another juice in between eat an apple, eat a banana, you know, get, get something in your stomach. That's not liquid. And, uh, you know, I totally forgot that, uh, DDP did, uh, had a yoga video yeah. I totally forgot about that. It took me a second. I was like, DDP yoga, DDP yoga. Oh, shit. Yeah, it's an empire, all right? This dude's got an app, a clothing line. And uh, and by the way, I got to talk to DDP uh, like last month. And that shit blew my mind, too, that I was on the phone with DDP. <laughs> <laughs> it's so ridiculous that I now have like two Hall of Famers on my phone. So totally bragging. Hell yeah. But um, so uh, then I'd have like one meal. Uh, and the meal is usually three quarters veggies, one quarter, uh, lean protein. And then sometimes after the meal, three hours before you go to bed, have another juice maybe. Um, and so they had me on that regimen and, uh, and I know I lost weight while I was up there because, you know, and I think a lot of my eating, cause again, you know, I've always been obese as hell, like super morbidly obese. Uh, I, I think I should be goth obese because, I mean, what's more <laughs> – what's morbid, right? Uh, emo obese? I don't know. I'm not trying to uh, – yeah. Yeah, that, that's just sad. Emo Like <laughs> goth – at least goth, I guess, you just hate the world. You know, emo, you hate yourself. Yeah. But it's like uh, – And then if you're obese, you, uh, you hate yourself so you eat the world. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, there you go. I, I think that's like an animated series or something. Oh Jesus, right? I uh I was like or at least an episode of South Park. Yeah, my my Roman name is Obesius. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so I already knew I was uh you know, I was kind of losing weight up there and 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 then they had me, you know, walk around their block and stuff and uh when you got you know, when you got a Hall of Famer threatening you, uh you're going to do what he tells you to do. So if he wants you to do squats, you're going to do those damn squats. And then, uh, like, even the other day, he called in on me because I've been kind of slacking. Not on the eating part. Like, I've been juicing my ass off and, and eating right. You know, I have a cheat day on Sundays where I just eat whatever I want. I try not to feel guilty. Um, but, you know, he was like, you've been doing your squats? I go, no. Get back on it, brother. Blah, blah, blah. You know, and then <laughs> he, uh, he called me up yesterday and he goes, you've been doing your squats? And I go, let me tell you about the squats, man. I went to sit down to take a shit the other, you know, <laughs> this morning and I almost cried, you know. So, yeah, I've been doing my squats. Uh, so every day he wants or every week he wants me to add 10 to how much I'm doing. So uh, every day right now I'm doing 140. And then by the time I move out there to Vegas, uh, I'll be up to 210 
Okay, is this without weights or is it just like? No, this is just squats. Yeah. Okay. Just... okay, deep knee bends. Yeah, yeah, and and you know I'm not trying to go too deep and trying to wreck anything, but it's just movement in general is anything is good for me. So now I kind of I do the squats at home. Uh, I'm doing the juicing, my one meal, and uh, let's see what else am I doing? And then uh, I'm trying to, but you know I because it's fucking Texas, it gets hot as shit, and I'm not a morning person, so I'd rather walk around my neighborhood late at night. And yeah. on the nights where I'm not doing a show, uh, I'll go out and walk around the block for like 45 minutes. And actually tonight I'm going to go for a walk and I'm going to try to push myself and do an hour and, uh, you know, listen to a podcast. I might listen to, to Uncontained. <laughs> there oh. you go. There you go. Uh, so, yeah, just uh, kind of get my health in order and having Jake motivate me is great. And and really one of my underlying motivating uh, motivating factors is, hey, dummy, if you're healthy, you can do more shows. You can do more comedy you can reach these higher levels and and I don't know if that makes me a workaholic or selfish or whatever, but that's yeah, I should be doing it for me. And it kinda is for me, but it, you know, it's it's that I wanna, you know, I just wanna get get higher and uh get to my goal in comedy and just, you know, work more. Yeah, yeah. Have you ever thought about when you lose all the weight, like are you gonna be able to keep the nickname Kool Aid? Um you know, it's it's one of those things in the back of my mind where, uh, you know, I, I wrote a joke about, like, I don't want to be, you know, I don't want to be 38 years old and still be called Kool-Aid. I want to be called Dr. Kool-Aid, you know, like, <laughs> uh, that's a joke I have. And then, you know, my friends and stuff, they're making jokes. Oh, if you lose weight, you're going to you're gonna be crystal light or you're going to be this, you're going to be that. And uh, one of the other jokes I'm kind of working on is, like, I want to go from uh, being called Kool-Aid to looking like I just have AIDS. Uh, you know. <laughs> so you're welcome, yeah, that, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but um, you know, I'll I'll cross that bridge when I get to it. Uh, I just know I have to trust myself, rely on myself, and and you know, people. I really think people they don't. You know, it's not it's not oh we want Kool Aid. It's we want you as that person. You know. So yeah, I, yeah. It's more the character. Yeah, Kool Aid is kind of like an amplified version of myself. And I think now a lot more people are a lot more Alex is coming through in my stand up. And then uh Kool-Aid is just, you know, it just that's what helps people remember. But even now, like on my flyers and stuff, you know, I'm just Alex Ansel, you know, this and stuff. And I do some of the Kool-Aid jokes in the beginning just because of like uh in areas that I haven't done before, you know, it's it's a real easy way to introduce myself. And you know, earlier when I was talking about wrestling, I kind of you know where I said I took those ten years off. Yeah. When I got back into wrestling, I had been doing stand up like three or four years, and I realized, holy shit, a lot of my stage stuff that I do in comedy is heavily influenced by wrestling. But I didn't put the the two and two together until after I got back into wrestling. Yeah, and, I could and I was like I can imagine and that. And I'm like, holy shit, I basically have a gimmick. You know, I wear a red shirt. I, I wear a necklace that has a blinged out Kool-Aid man on it. Uh, you know, I, I you know, I have my, my catchphrase, you know. And I was like, Holy shit, the only thing I don't do is, you know, physically beat up people. You know, but you get me on the mic, you know, you know, I'll wreck you. Um you know, <laughs> if I have to. But uh I was like, damn. And then uh yeah, it was it was crazy, and then that kind of got me back into wrestling. And then now I just have a much bigger appreciation for professional wrestling because as a performer, 
you know, if you're in front of 50 people, that's, you know, all right, awesome. But when you're in front of 50,000 people and you're moving and you have to have your timing down and th and it's just so physical that, I mean, I just, you know, hats off, man. I just have an immense amount of respect uh, for, for all the work and talent that goes into that. And then I feel like an idiot because I'm just over here going, oh, you know. Yeah, I'm, yeah, my name's Cool Ed, or I got two gay dads, or you know, whatever, whatever I'm talking about. Um, so I just have a deeper appreciation for that. And then you know, then it comes full circle. Now I'm working with a wrestler, and and while I was staying at his house, we we filmed videos. We would film promos to promote the tour. Um, you know, like, hey, we're doing all these shows together, blah blah blah. And uh, I saw one that you did. It was very WWE style. Yeah. Was it uh, the one where I'm in front of my garage telling about the, the show? Yes. I, yes. I, so I, we, we tried to film some videos and, and while I was up there, but we got complacent and this and that. And, and you know, we, <laughs> we didn't make the best uh, use of time or whatever. And, uh, you know, there, we even filmed a promo with me holding a snake. And it kind of, like, hit me, like, the day after. I was like, Holy shit! I just filmed a promo with Jake the Snake and a snake. Like, <laughs> it didn't hit me till like the mind blown. Yeah, I was like, "This is this is my life." I used to sell TVs at Best Buy in Circuit City, and now potentially I could be on TV for this. Like, what? Um, it's it's uh, truly amazing. So while I was staying at his house after a couple days, uh, he gets a call from DDP. And, uh, he's, he's bragging to DDP about me, like, uh, you know, about how I'm, I'm juicing and I'm doing this and, and, you know, like even just in the couple days I was there, my pants were fitting better, this and that. And, uh, so he's talking to DDP about me and I was like, okay, cool. So this is early in the morning. He comes up to me, Jake does. Right. And in the kitchen, it's Jake, his assistant and his, uh, you know, uh, manager slash daughter. And Jake goes, yeah, I just got off the phone with, uh, with Dallas and, uh, I was telling him about you and, uh, we, we want to document your weight loss and, and all this kind of stuff and, uh, you know, get you on some videos and here and there. And he goes, you know what that means, right? I go, what's up? He goes, uh, you're going to have to move in. So you're moving to Vegas, huh? Moving in with him. In with him. Yes. Wow. So I'm sitting there, I'm holding my juice cup. And the, all three of them are looking at me like, well, what are you going to say, dummy? And uh, my response was, uh, I, of course, yes. You know, I just had everything flash in my head. I'm like, what's keeping me in San Antonio? I don't have family in San Antonio. My dad moved, you know, to, to uh, wherever. You know, my sister's in West Virginia. You know, what's keeping me in San Antonio other than, like, all my comedy stuff? And uh, they're just like, yeah, come move to Vegas. Come move in the house. And I just kind of went gulp, and I went, okay, yeah, I'm down. Let's do it. And uh, Right on, dude. Yeah, holy shit, right? <laughs> like, if I, that is a long way from selling TVs. Right? Or, you know, uh, from getting in trouble for, for cracking jokes in class or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, you know, getting invited to, to live in the house. And, I, of course, you know, I'm still, like, you know, I still got to, you know, keep my end uh, up. And it's not just like, oh, stay here and be funny. No. Um but so yeah, I'm getting ready. I'm right in the middle of uh, organizing a ton of shit that I have. I'm getting rid of a lot of stuff. I have a video game collection of over 500 video games. Uh, I have over 100 Ninja Turtles that I got to get rid of. Oh wow! Yeah, I'm a hardcore Ninja Turtle fan. Like you have no idea. Uh, well, cowabunga, buddy! Cowabunga! Yeah, yeah, that's the other thing. I'm a big old nerd too, and uh, 
I do this thing with my buddy Mike Suarez. Uh, shout out to Mike Suarez. We do this thing called Nerdcore Comedy, and we do a, okay. We do a nerd themed comedy show. So we talk about Star Wars, Star Trek, Game of Thrones, video games, anime, comic books, comic book movies, sci-fi, fantasy. We do a whole stand-up show based on those topics, and we perform them at conventions. Okay. So we go to anime conventions, comic book conventions. Sometimes we even do shows at comic book shops. We do shows at video game shops and stuff like that. And uh, that's another like one of my avenues that I'm that I'm developing and working on. And uh, so and hopefully I hopefully maybe working with Jake will open up more doors to do more nerdcore comedy. Um, and 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 vice versa. You know, maybe uh, doing nerdcore comedy at some of these places will you know, and kind of so I kind of you know trying to set up these different things where I can kind of draw different fans from and, uh, you know, different listeners and, and whatnot to, to, that's how you got to do yeah. it, man. Got to diversify, you know, diversify. Yes. And, uh, extra size of demons and stuff. Uh, that made no sense, but, um, uh... <laughs> the nerd core is for me, one of the most fulfilling shows that I do because this is all the stuff I can't do for a nightclub audience or for a comedy club audience. Yeah. I can do them for, you know, because I love watching the show Arrow, or I'll even do some wrestling jokes. I'll do jokes about Naruto, uh, you know, different anime, and Doctor Who, you know, Game of Thrones. I could do all those jokes, and they understand every single little thing about them. Whereas if I try to do 10 minutes on Ninja Turtles in a nightclub audience, they're like, we get it. You're a virgin. Shut the fuck up, you know, or say something funny. And now I'm kind of getting the best of both worlds because – when I when I tour with Jake, all the people that are coming out they're they're wrestling fans, you know, and so a lot of them might be classic wrestling fans, and a lot of them are still diehard current fans, and I'll drop in references both old and new into my standup um, about that, and but I try not to do too much because I'm like, oh, you know, they're here for him. Let me just introduce them to me, and um, and see where that 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 takes us and. Uh, and the goal really is, you know, all these places that I perform with Jake is just knock it out, do the best I can so that uh, hopefully I get invited back. I mean, the goal is both of us, of course, to get invited back. But, yeah. you know, maybe me getting booked uh, at those uh, venues and whatnot. So maybe the day will come where I'm like, sorry, Jake, I'm too busy. But uh, I'm going to worry about that later. So I'm just I'm having a blast, uh, you know. So and it's just, you know, I'm learning a lot from him. And uh, it's crazy, man. Like I've. This is all. This is all the shit I've been working my ass off for. Of, uh, you know, sleeping on this fucked up, broken bed on the floor for like two and a half years. <laughs> and I'm like, oh yeah, I'm gonna go buy a new bed. And then I'm like, shit, I gotta buy a fucking plane ticket for six hundred dollars. Oh, there goes that money. Um, yeah, yeah. So uh, and of of pretty much having no personal life and and you know because God. But you're moving in with Jake the yeah. Snake. So it's all worth it, you know. Like it is. It is. I did a mushroom trip recently. And I didn't have like any visuals or anything like that. I just got really emotional, and for real, I just cried for like two hours straight because I was so goddamn happy, and of, of where my life was going. And and it was like it's all worth it. It was all nice. worth it of all of putting on like I put on four or five monthly shows. I do a weekly open mic, so I'm looking at putting together, you know, that's like seventy shows a year almost. So and then on top of that, I'm getting booked at clubs in bars and all these other places around. And then you got to figure in traveling 
doing all that teaching defensive driving. I also do flyers because I went to school for graphic design. So I'm doing flyers for my for my shows myself. Doing flyers for Jake now. Um, you know, doing flyers for other shows. Uh, I'm uh, teaching the defensive driving, uh, promoting and booking my shows. And you know, I'm like Kevin Gates, man. I got six jobs. You know, all kinds of shit. So. Right on, yeah. right on. I got one more question yes, for sir. you before we start having to wrap things yep. up here a little bit, move on to getting advice from you and yep. stuff like Absolutely. that. Has to do with the Ninja Turtles. Yes, sir. All right. And okay, you know the old theme song, obviously, yeah, yeah. the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah. I turned it on probably, I don't know, probably like 2005. Saw like the new Ninja Turtles. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think of the new theme song that's just repeating turtles over and over again? It's like turtles, 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 uh, turtles. Yeah, I'm not a fan of that one. But I tell you what, the new series is, is dope. I like the, the 2012 Nickelodeon series. Uh, or 2014, I think is when it started. I don't know. The, really, I haven't checked that the out. The new yet. Nickelodeon series is really good, actually. I uh, So every every couple of months, I'll go in and, and watch all the episodes I missed. So I'll, I'll go and marathon them. And, uh, and I really enjoy the, the new series. Uh, that's kind of most of my collection is from that new series. And it's ridiculous. Like, I'll tell you this right now. I got Ninja Turtle bed sheets. I'm looking at about, uh, you know, like 80 to 100 Ninja Turtles on my wall, all brand new in the package. You know, uh, right now, Doc Martens has these Ninja Turtle boots. Um, oh, really? I already bought the Raphaels and I got the Michelangelo's. And, you know, uh, I'm thinking but about those, are those your favorite? favorite. Uh, well, Raphael, like, Raphael is my dude. Like, Raphael is my favorite. I have a Ninja Turtle backpack that's, like, of Raphael's face with a gold tooth. And, uh, and you know, it's, it's so weird when, when people find out I'm 32. They go, oh, I thought you were in your 20s. And I go, ah, the fat pushes the wrinkles out. But I guess it's just the way I carry myself. <laughs> and I don't even think about it. I'm like, I don't give a shit. Like, fuck you. I like Ninja Turtles. I don't give a shit. You know, if you think I'm too old for that shit or whatever. Uh, but Fair enough, I have a man. ton Fair of enough. Ninja Turtle shirts. My whole wardrobe is, you know, a lot of Ninja Turtle stuff. And, uh, and you know, like Jake and his manager, they give me shit for being a mark, a wrestling mark. But I'm like, it could be worse. You know, like what if I was hanging out with, uh, you know, uh, Eastman and, um, and Laird, you know, the guys who created that. Then I'd totally just be a pile of jelly. <laughs> you could be a brony. Ah, uh, Jesus. I that see, could be worse. I see them a lot at conventions, so I'm just hey, what's up, brownies? Uh, you know, or you know, it's easy to bash them and juggalos, but I'm just like, hey, if they're happy, fuck it. You know, who am I to shit on their parade? Then there's emo bronies. Oh Christ, I don't, I don't ponies that just want to yeah. yeah, end it all. Oh Christ, uh, and then brony emo steampunk bronies. Oh Jesus. I'm like, <laughs> And then I just, can we make soap punk a thing? Let's make soap punk or water punk. Let's make that a thing. Like where they bathe? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because there's a, there's a, man, when I go to these conventions, man, I, I'm, I'm super self-conscious because of my size. I'm like, do I smell? And, and my friends are go, no, it's not you. And I'm like, thank fuck. I took a shower this month, you know. Uh, <laughs> right on, right on. But, um, yeah, man, so, uh. Yeah, Ninja Turtles, that's kind of like one of the things I, I, I really nerd out on. And, uh, and you know, it's kind of bittersweet. I got to sell my collection. But, you know, what am I going to do? Just have all these toys in Jake's house? Nah, man. Uh, I got to make room for all the Jake toys I'm going to collect. <laughs> there you go. There you go. A whole new collection. Uh, yeah. A whole new obsession. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So let's start wrapping this yeah. up a little sure. bit here because you got to go on your walk. Yeah. yeah. 
and uh, listen to Uncontained tonight. Absolutely. And I suggest you listen to the one with Josh Cabaza since he's the one that uh, hooked us up. Oh, yeah, for sure. Josh Cabaza. Uh, I'll hit up his brother. Another Kevin San Antonio comic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That guy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, for sure. For sure. Oh, yeah. So uh, you wanted some comedy advice, right? Yes, yes. I asked asked all my guests, what would your advice be to somebody who's like looking to maybe take their comedy to the next level? Okay, Um, I'm glad you asked me for this. I I was on a car ride with another comic, and I I I love talking comedy with other comics. For me, it's one of the benefits, uh, just hanging out with comedians in general. And we we you know me and Big Al, who I mentioned earlier from the Bay Area, we kind of came up with these three things of like, this is. This is how to make it in comedy, or at least from my perspective. Number one, be funny, okay? It's not me okay. trying to be an asshole, but be funny. Work at it. Be funny. Number two, be professional, okay? A lot of these cats, even when I first started, you know, you treat it like a party. You're like, oh, I go up there, I have fun. I say dick on stage. I'm going to get drunk. I'm going to get high. Being professional means you treat it like a job. If you want comedy to be your job, treat it like a job, okay? Work at it for 40 hours a week, okay? Um, Too many people treat it like karaoke. Exactly, exactly. That's that's brilliant. I like the way you put it. Uh, you know, because it, it, even, even sometimes I might get recognized at a grocery store. I might also get recognized from high school, and they go, hey, are you still doing that comedy thing? <laughs> and to me, I'm like, you mother, like in my head, I'm like, you mother, this is not a thing for me. This is my passion. This is my life. You know, this is what, uh, you know, so be professional, show up on time, look decent, wear a clean shirt, get rid of the wrinkles. Uh, if we tell you to be clean, be clean. Don't talk shit about the other comics on Twitter. Don't get involved in drama on Facebook. That shit is a fucking time suck. Bookers look at that shit. I book people, and when I see two comics squabbling, I'm like, I don't want to be involved with either of them. That might be funny as hell, but I'm just like, ah, you know, if you're not going to make a roast show out of it or, you know, something like that, then I don't want to hear about it. Um, so be funny, be professional, and be nice, okay? okay. Be nice, okay? You got to, you know, it's it's that classic thing of, be nice to everyone on your way up because when you're on your way down, you're probably going to see them again, you know? And it also goes to, you know, being nice uh, has has gotten me a lot more work than, than being, you know, if you're funny, if you're super funny, you can get away with being an asshole. But if you're an asshole and you're not that damn funny, you ain't getting shit. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you a perfect example of being nice was uh, I was working with these uh, local bookers. And there was a light crowd, and they said, hey, we're going to be short, you know, $20. And to me, I didn't think a big deal. I was like, okay, that's fine. I understand. You know, it's not like they're counting all this money, and they're like, okay, we're short. I had a friend of mine here in town who, who, you know, the same situation happened to him. He got shorted $20, but he went off on them, okay? He went apeshit, right? He, He cussed them out. He, he, he complained about them on Facebook. He did all that stuff. Guess who got more work from those promoters? Me or the other guy? I, the other guy? Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> I kept getting booked by these people because, you know, I was just, you know, I was being understanding of the situation. And then at one of the shows, they gave me an extra $100 just because they they did so well. And they, you know, thanked me for, for again, for being funny and professional. So, 
my three rules be funny be professional be nice uh very good you very, know always take the high road you know if, if somebody is is being a jerk or whatever just you know you know turn the other you know turn the other cheek and then just you know i'll i'll forgive but i won't forget you know so yeah those are those are kind of my my rules right there all right, awesome, awesome. Now, uh, where can people get uh, get a hold of you, uh, find out information about you and your tour with uh, Jake the Snake? All right, so um, you can uh, social media, of course, uh, alexansel.com, Alex, A-N-S-E-L, alexansel.com. Uh, please check me out on Facebook. I have a, a fan page on there, Alex Kool-Aid, Kool-Aid in all caps, no dashes with a K, Alex Kool-Aid Ansel. Uh, Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, Xbox Live, PlayStation Network, Skype, whatever, is going to be Y2 Kool-Aid. Like Y2 Jericho from wrestling, Y2 Kool-Aid. Y2, the number two, K-O-O-L-A-I-D. But if you just remember alexansel.com, there's links to all that stuff on there. Check out Nerd right. Comedy uh, if, uh, at a convention near you. And then, uh, of course, you know, follow at JakeSnakeDDT at Twitter. And you can find out all the shows we're doing together for the Unspoken Word Tour. So uh, coming up this week, I'll be in uh, Omaha, Kansas City, and Des Moines. We're doing a theater in New York, and that shit is melting my brain right now. We're doing the Gramercy Theater in August, right before SummerSlam. I'm fucking blown away by that. That It'll be my first time performing in New York. And awesome. My first time performing in a theater, and it's it's ridiculous. All my friends are looking at me like, how the fuck did you, like, did you win the lottery? You're living the dream. And I'm like, <laughs> hyperventilating over here, like, don't fuck this up. Don't fuck this up. So, <laughs> so yeah. That, that's awesome, man. I'm happy for you. Um, do you have a prediction on how much weight you will lose by the end of the tour? Um, let's see. I mean, the tour, right now, we just keep adding more and more dates. And so... Uh, Maybe, okay, I'll tell you this. Right now, it's what, uh, July? And by the way, I just uploaded a juicing video on the 4th of July where I, I juiced red, white, and blue things. I juiced uh, strawberries and beets, white cabbage and blueberries, and I made a red, white, and blue you know, uh, juice. And I actually, I actually saw that. Yeah, and it tasted pretty good. It wasn't that bad. Um, but right now, all the shows, we, we, I mean, we got shows from uh, you know next week. All the way up to uh, the beginning of December, but I'll say this: by New Year's, um, okay. Right now, when I weighed myself last week in Houston, I was at four seventy-eight point five. Uh, I'm gonna say, hopefully, by New Year's, I'll be. Uh, ooh, shit, man. Let's see. I want to shoot for three fifty. Three fifty. Three fifty. Nice, man. Nice. Uh, we'll have to. You know, so. Watch that documentary. That, uh... Uh, we'll see. We'll see. And then, uh, and then uh, the cool thing is, you know, with, with Jake, we're, we're going to work on some uh, videos and stuff together. And uh, Jake loves cooking. He loves grilling, loves cooking. So we're going to uh, ho uh, hopefully develop a YouTube channel and, uh, and uh, develop some content for that. So, uh, you know, maybe juicing recipes and cooking, inspirational stuff, uh, recovery stuff, things about my weight loss. And then, of course, you know, with us making it, it's going to be funny. It's going to be entertaining. And, you know, Jake's got that built-in audience. And then uh, hopefully I can um, help grow mine, you know. 
Yeah, definitely, man. Yeah. And you know, when I saw that video of you juicing on the Fourth of July, I I didn't know that you were um, doing all this uh, to improve your health with uh, Jake the Snake and all that. But like, I wasn't I wasn't sure if it was gonna be a comedy video yeah. or not. Like, you like mix all that, yeah. then like put in like some Skittles and uh, stuff whatever. like that. Oh but... hell no! And uh, <laughs> so no, he he's the one that that uh, you know. Uh, him, his, his, his daughter, manager, Cody, and, and uh, the assistant, Carly, they kind of, you know, we're all a team. And, um, and uh, you know, they got me really started on the right track. They got me uh, sparked. They kind of sparked that thing. And I really needed it because a month before, uh, you know, it was right after I got off tour with Jake, you know, WrestleMania. That was early April. Uh, about 10 days after I got off tour, one of my good friends – early mentor in comedy, uh, passed away suddenly. And I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, his name was, uh, Tommy Munoz. Love you, Tommy. And he was a huge wrestling fan too. And he had been incapacitated. Like he busted out both of his knees. And so we would talk probably once, twice a month, at least. And we would talk about wrestling, all this. And then when he heard about all this Jake, the snake stuff, you know, he was just so happy for me. And, you know, we talked about, hey, you know, he wanted to know what Jake is like and I would text him stuff and and and, you know, he just I, I could tell he was really happy for me and it was so cool. And then uh, it was a Monday. I want to say the 12th. Um, you know, I just see on Facebook that he's in the hospital. And then 30 minutes later, his sister posted, oh, my God, I just lost my brother. Oh, man. And that shit hit me hard. And it really was a wake up call for me to kind of like. I got to make some changes in my life. And at that point, that was early April, I started, um, I really, you know, of course, like I, I took a year off from drinking and all of 2015 because, uh, uh, again, 2014 was pretty dark for me. I was like, how am I going to be a better comic? I made a whole list and one of the things on there was stop drinking. So I didn't drink for an entire year. And then 2016 came around and I was like, all right, New Year's Eve, I had a couple beers and and, you know, drank a little bit here and there. And then, but fuck, man, when I heard that shit, I mean, we went straight to Costco liquors. You know, like we went, I was like, I'm going to buy booze in bulk and save some money. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so after my, you know, like week long mourning period and we did all these benefits and stuff for his family and in all these shows, um, I was like, I got to make some changes. And I started eating better. Uh, so I started, you know, uh, my, my goal was I'm going to. I'm going to cook all the food I eat. I'm not going to eat out. I'm not going to do fast food. Uh, stop drinking sodas. And then, um, so that was, that was like a month of doing that. And then May hit. Then I got up to uh, Vegas, hung out with Jake and then kind of like, uh, went from there. And now, you know, I juice, I have three juices a day. I have one meal, uh, no carbs. So no, no, you know, I try to stay away from processed stuff as much as possible. Um, I think the most processed thing I have is, a. Uh, you know, dressing that I put on my salads. Um, so I stay away from that stuff. And then cheat day, right you on. know, I do what I want. And then, uh, you know, that way I don't go crazy. Cause, uh, you know, I, for anybody, you know, I, everybody's an emotional eater. You know, if you, if you went through something, you know, you want something delicious that that's just going to help comfort you. And that's for anybody of any size. But when I know, uh, like today's Wednesday, okay. On Sunday, Oh, or, you know, like I found these new Oreos that have uh, fruity pebbles in them. And I was like, I'm saving these till cheat day, motherfucker. <laughs> Trader Joe's actually has some really good uh, or whatever they call their Oreos. But uh, there's like the vanilla bean Oreo. That's 
fucking phenomenal. And no, I, they're not a sponsor, but if they want to send me free Oreos, I'll eat them. Yeah, they. Oh, dude, the s'mores Oreo are my favorite. Holy shit, dude! I mean, it is like I mean, I've never done crack before, but that's what I imagine. Like, pupils <laughs> dilated. I got goosebumps. I just like my eyes rolled up in the back of my head, and I just went, "Oh my god!" And um, so yeah, so a, and then you came, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I it out, and then I woke up, and I was like, "Why am I on the south side? Where's all the you know waking up at Skid Row?" Oh man, I'll have to try those out. <laughs> but I got one more question yes, for you. It goes along with the name of the show. It's how do you live uncontained? How do I live uncontained? Um, it's you know it's every every time I'm on stage, you know it's. I love what I do. I'm living my dream. And I, I want to instill that to, to people out there. And, and it's really important for me. I have two nieces. They, they're both in college. And I'm telling them, like, um, you know, live your dream. Like, do something you love to do where it doesn't feel like a job, you know. Uh, so if you can find something. And for me, it's ridiculous that I get to go up on stage and have fun and be silly. And then at the end of the week, they give me a check and I go, I, I mean, a lot of times I feel like a con artist. I go, uh, okay, sure, whatever. Like, <laughs> wink, wink, nudge, nudge, you know? Uh, <laughs> so I try to live uncontained by, uh, you know, just being myself when I'm up there. To me, comedy is about telling the truth. And okay. people think that you're joking, but it's the truth. And a perfect joke I do about it is, hey, welcome to America, where it's easier to get diabetes than it is a college degree. Sad but true. You know, you're laughing. You're like, ha ha. Oh fuck, he's right. You know, it's like humor then sadness sets in when you realize it's true. Because they say the formula for comedy is tragedy plus time, and I totally yeah. agree with that. You know, so re you know, I did a joke recently. I did a joke last night, and it was about the Orlando Pulse shooting. And I'm I'm one of these guys. I'm I'm always super upbeat. You know, I'm always uh, I'm looking at a glass half full. Even if the glass is empty, I'm like, that glass has so much potential. You could do anything with it. You know? <laughs> you know? And I said, I hope uh, the benefit of the pole shooting in Orlando is next season, bulletproof vests are going to look amazing. They're going to look so fabulous. <laughs> I mean, think of all the designers once they start finishing bulletproof vests. You know, Yves Saint Laurent, uh, you know, Kate Spade. Uh, Chanel bulletproof. Yeah, exactly. Vest. You got it. You know, uh, you got that C to shoot at. Yeah, exactly. Fendi, Prada, whatever. You know, uh, you know, bulletproof vests by designers are going to look amazing. And of course, I got a couple groans, and then a couple of the dark people that got it laughed at it. And and you know, um, I mean, it's totally terrible what happened out there. And especially, you know, uh, hate crimes do scare the shit out of me because my father is gay. He has a husband. And yeah, yeah. I don't want anything to happen to him because he was kissing his husband in public and somebody got pissed off or he was holding his husband's hand and, 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 you know, somebody gets out of a truck and, and, and does something, you know? Um, but you know, you also gotta, you know, I, you know, does time heal all wounds? Yeah. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not one of these people. Oh, don't make fun of that. Or, you know, this and that there's a time and a place for stuff, but you know, like that joke still got laughs. Am I going to still do that joke? Yeah, I probably need some tweaking here and there, but I think it's a great observation. So, 
Okay. Yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. And the best thing to do with like tragic some yeah. situations is to bring light to it yeah. and laugh about it. You know, otherwise, you know, you spend your life in the corner crying. Yeah, I, uh, you know, perfect example. My buddy uh, hit me up today, and he goes, "Dude, uh, he'd been having some health issues," and uh, he said they put him on the list for a kidney transplant. And I was like, holy shit, let's go to Sam's. We'll get you too. You know, let's go to the, you know, <laughs> Sam's club and get you too. And then, uh, and I said, uh, I said, how fucked up would it be if I got you a Sean Elliott jersey? Because Sean Elliott is a Spurs player who had a kidney transplant. And, uh, and, <laughs> and he just texted me back. He goes, holy shit, dude, I needed that. That made my mom laugh. And like after I sent it, I was like, oh, this is so fucked up. Like I felt bad. But then I was like, eh, he knows me, you know, it's that he knows I'm a comedian. That's how I react to shit. And, and, uh, and he thanked me he's like, oh dude, thanks for, for, you know, being fucked up uh, about that and, and all that. So, and even like, here's something even more fucked up. One of my good friends down here, another comic down here, Larry Garza, check him out. Larry Garza. He, uh, they found two tumors in his body, right? He's one of the fastest, quickest witted minds that I know. Uh, they found two tumors, one on his kidney, one on his uh, lung, I think. And uh, he named them Trump and Hillary, right? <laughs> so he named them that. And me as a comic, when I saw he got diagnosed, here's how fucked up and warped I am. I go, fuck, man. He's going to get so much great material out of this. Right? Yes, yes. I I kind of <laughs> was coming up with jokes in my head too yeah and especially with, after the trump and hillary right, statement but even before that when he announced that and and you know so he'll post stuff online about you know him going through stuff and it's fucking hilarious and i'm like man when this guy gets better and gets on stage talking about this fuck man we're you know the rest of the comics don't have a chance i'm like oh jesus who's gonna follow that guy Who's going to follow the cancer bit? You know what I mean? <laughs> but uh, shout out to Larry Garza. Love you. Wish you a, a fast recovery. And I uh, even when I was uh, hanging out with Jake last, I got Larry uh, a, a signed photo. And, you know, Jake, you know, he put on there because, you know, he did. And he's like, I beat cancer. So can you. And awesome. Yeah. Man. And then I, I, I asked him what T-shirt size Larry is. And he goes, yeah, XL or large? And I was like, uh, they were out of XL, so I got him a large. And I go, eh, after chemo, you know, the large will fit you just because, you know, <laughs> we're still comics. You know, they're still going to treat you. Oh, yeah, exactly. You know, so. Exactly. Like, <laughs> <laughs> So that's how I'm uncontained by still keeping it real and, and doing shit like that. Like uh, another perfect example, I was hanging out with my roommate or uh, my roommate just found out that his grandpa passed away. And his grandpa was a big driving force to him doing comedy. You know, his grandpa was like the funniest dude he knew, et cetera, et cetera. So he knew his grandpa died and I'm at an open mic and he's walking to the open mic and he just has this dark cloud above him, obviously, right? Yeah. So I'm hanging, we're all hanging out. He just kind of is walking up to us and just like real down, depressed, downtrodden. And I just look at him and go, jeez, man, who died? <laughs> Did it take a second for him? But no, no. All the comics around me were like, "What the fuck?" They were looking at me like I was the biggest piece of shit around, and they were looking at me. And then they all look at, you know, Jake, and he's and this is a different Jake, Jake Yarbrough, and they're looking at him, and he's laughing his ass off, you know. Uh, 
and that was the goal, you know. And uh, yeah, and did I was there a part of me that kind of felt shitty for doing it? Yeah, but seeing him laugh, I was like, okay, good, he gets it. But just the the reaction from the other comics of them going, oh my god, I'm like just me going, Ugh, who died? You know, like. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you, know, you uh, it's part of that tough love thing, and uh, you know that that's that's going to help definitely with physical wounds, emotional wounds. You know, humor is there, and and. and you know, it's great for your health. You know, I think that's what kept me living beyond 30 because I'm fat, unhealthy piece of shit. I treat my body like a rental car. And I think just laughing has definitely helped my life expectancy. <laughs> <laughs> so, right on, man. Yes, well, keep us all laughing. You keep laughing and juicing. We'll do it. And uh, follow your progress with uh, Jake and DDP. Yeah. Absolutely. You can check me out on, on Instagram. I post a lot of my juicing pictures on Snapchat. Again, at Y2Kool-Aid. And uh, you can check on all the juicing stuff I, I do on there on Snapchat more than anything else. And then I kind of put compilation pictures of my recipes on Instagram. And uh, Twitter is mostly where I put jokes. I try to put different content on all my different like outlets so that way okay. people will follow me on all of them but still not get the same repeated experience. And then Facebook is where a lot of people can find out about my shows and where I'm going to be at. And well, Twitter too, but yeah. So, uh, heck yeah. Well, uh, Aaron, thank you so much for having me, Mr. Static Render. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for coming on. And one last thing for you to do. I know one more bit of work before you're out of the show. Could you please sign us off the show Absolutely. today? I'm Alex Kool-Aid Ansel and I live uncontained. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again to Alex Kool-Aid Ansel for coming on the show today and make sure you check him out on the Unspoken Word Tour with Jake the Snake Roberts and all the tour dates are at alexansel.com so you can check them out there. I'll have the link to his website along with his other social media information in the show notes. Thank you to everybody who's been subscribing to Uncontain, also leaving ratings and reviews. That's a huge help, helps people find the show a little bit easier. If you haven't done it yet, all you got to do is go to iTunes or your favorite pod player, click subscribe, and while you're there, leave a rating and a review. Thanks again for listening to Uncontained, and as always, live uncontained.